بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Before Ramadan we spoke about the battle of Khaybar and we spoke about how the Muslims had a glorious victory at Khaybar even though they were vastly outnumbered by the Jews of Khaybar the Muslims alhamdulillah they had a splendid victory and they took control of the city of Khaybar and they defeated the Jews so now the Jews in the city they had to live as subjects under Muslim rule so they had to turn over all of their farms and their gardens and their homes and their properties they had to turn that all over to the ownership of the Muslims and the Jews were allowed to continue to work there and take a percentage of the yield of the crops but all of the property was owned by Muslims and the rule was for the Muslims so as the battle of Khaybar ended with this Muslim victory during the distribution of the spoils during the distribution of the spoils of the war the Prophet was distributing the wealth that they had gained a group of Muslims arrived in Khaybar and this group of Muslims was from the Muhajireen who had made Hijrah to Habasha years before. This was many years before the Hijrah to Medina. There were a group of Muslims in Mecca who made Hijrah, who made this migration to Habasha, which is modern day Ethiopia. And they made that Hijrah from Mecca to Habasha to escape from the persecution and torture of the Quraysh. And they stayed living peacefully in Habasha for a number of years under the Najashi, who was a Christian ruler, but he accepted Islam, alhamdulillah, even though he had to hide his Islam. He did accept Islam. And he allowed those Muslims to live under his rule in peace. So they stayed in Habasha for a number of years. But now that the Prophet ﷺ had situated himself and the Muslims in Medina and things were stabilized for the Muslims, the Prophet ﷺ had sent one of his companions to Habasha to call those Muslims back. So he sent Amr ibn Umayyah al-Dhamri to Habasha to bring the Muslims who had migrated to Habasha back to Medina. So the Najashi, the ruler of Habasha, he accepted this request and he actually prepared ships for the Muslims to travel on to go back to the Arabian Peninsula and he provided them with supplies and he sent them off. So they left Habasha and they came back to the Arabian Peninsula by boat and they went to Medina. But when they went to Medina, they found that the Prophet ﷺ was not there at that time because he had gone to Khaybar. So they arrived while the Prophet ﷺ was actually in Khaybar. So a group of those muhajireen, a group of those people who had come from Habasha, they decided, okay, we'll just stay in Medina now that we're here and we'll wait for the Prophet ﷺ to come back. But another group of them decided, no, we will go to Khaybar. We will go and continue on to Khaybar and we'll meet the Prophet ﷺ there. And perhaps if the battle is still going on, we can participate in it. We can participate in it as well. So some of them stayed back in Medina and some of them went forward to Khaybar to meet the Prophet ﷺ there. And from those who went to Khaybar was Ja'far ibn Abi Talib, the brother of Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiyallahu anhuma. Ja'far 
radiallahu anhu and Ali radiallahu anhu, they were two brothers, two beautiful companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and they were cousins of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam as well. So Ja'far was one of those who had made that hijrah to Habasha years before, and now after years he's coming back to the Arabian Peninsula. He's very excited to see the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam after so many years of not being able to see his blessed face. So Ja'far radiallahu anhu and this group who is with him, they arrive in Khaybar. But by that time, the battle was already over. And the Prophet ﷺ was distributing the spoils of war. So when the Prophet ﷺ saw Ja'far, imagine how happy he was to see his beloved companion, to see his cousin after so many years. They are reunited. So the Prophet ﷺ was very, very happy. And he said a beautiful statement. He said, Wallahi, ma adri bi'ayyihima ana asar, abi fathi khaybar, am biqudumi ja'far. He said, Wallahi, I don't know what makes me more happy. The fact that we have conquered khaybar or the fact that ja'far has come back. I don't know which one makes me more happy. That's how happy he was to see ja'far ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. So Ja'far and this group that was with him from the Muhajireen who had come from Habasha, the Prophet actually included them in the distribution of the spoils. Even though they didn't participate in the battle of Khaybar, they came too late, but the Prophet still gave them a portion because of their intention. They had come with the intention of joining the battle. So the Prophet appreciated that and he gave them a portion of the spoils as well. Alright, so as we mentioned, the deal that the Prophet ﷺ agreed to with the Jews of Khaybar is that the Muslims would own all the land, they would own all of the property, but the Jews were allowed to continue to work on those farms and in those gardens, and they would be paid for their work with a percentage of 50% of the yield. So they were allowed to collect 50% of the fruits, and the other 50% went to the Muslims who were the owners of the property. But the Muslims, as we mentioned, were the owners of all of the land. And the Jews accepted this deal. Uh, but some of them who didn't want to be part of this, they actually fled Khaybar and they went to Fadak, which was an oasis nearby Khaybar. And some of them went to Wadi Al-Qura and some of them went to Tayma. So these three areas were Jewish occupied areas. Fadak and Wadi Al-Qura and Tayma. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't let this slide. Rather, he followed them. He followed them to Fadak. And they tried to fortify themselves in the fortresses of Fadak as well. But they were not able to resist the Muslims. And eventually they were conquered by the Muslims as well. And they agreed with the Prophet ﷺ to the same deal as the Jews of Khaybar had made with him. That they would be allowed to stay in the land and work. And the Muslims would own the land but the Jews would be entitled to 50% of the yield for their work. So they agreed to the same deal, the Jews of Fadak. Then the Prophet ﷺ went to Wadi Al-Qura and there was a confrontation there as well. And the Muslims fought with them and they conquered them as well. And the Jews of Wadi Al-Qura, after being defeated, they agreed to the same terms as well. They're allowed to stay in the land and work there, but the Muslims own all of the land and all of the property. Jews are allowed to work and as a payment for their work, they can have 50% of the yield. Then the Prophet ﷺ went towards Tayma. And the Jews of Tayma, they were smarter. 
than the Jews of Khaybar and Fadak and Wadi Al-Qura. The Jews of Taymah saw what had happened and they saw that the Muslims were victorious every time. So they surrendered immediately. They didn't even fight. They didn't put up any resistance. They surrendered outright at the beginning. And they said that they will pay the jizya. They will pay the tax that the non-Muslims who live in Muslim lands have to pay. They said, we don't want to fight you. We surrender. You can have the rule. We will pay the jizya. But we don't want to fight and we want to live here in peace. So the Prophet ﷺ, he accepted this. He accepted this and they collected the jizya from the Jews of Tayma. As for the Jews of Khaybar and Fadak and Wadi Al-Qura, they had to work and collect as a payment 50% of the yield. But as for the Jews of Tayma, they were allowed to live peacefully under Muslim rule and they were obliged to pay the jizya. So there's a little difference between the situation of the Jews of Tayma and the Jews of these other cities, these other areas. So this is how the Muslims were able to take control, alhamdulillah, of all of the Jewish strongholds in the Arabian Peninsula. Now the Jews, they didn't have any more strongholds in the whole Arabian Peninsula. The Muslims had conquered and taken over all of their lands, alhamdulillah. And the Jews stayed under that agreement in the Arabian Peninsula for a number of years. The Jews of Khaybar and Fadak and Wadi Al-Qura, they stayed under that agreement that they had made with the Prophet ﷺ for a number of years. They worked and they collected 50% of the yield. But the Prophet ﷺ had made it clear to them that we can expel you from this land whenever we want. Yes, we agree to this agreement, but we as the rulers of this land, we have the right to expel you if we see it fit to expel you. So they stayed under that agreement for a number of years during the rest of the life of the Prophet ﷺ and also during the Khilafah of Abu Bakr But then during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab an incident happened. There was a murder that occurred in Khaybar. And when Umar wanted the perpetrator of this crime, the murderer to be brought to justice, the Jews, they wouldn't say who it was. They hid him and they wouldn't mention who the murderer was. So because of this, because of their refusal to turn over the murderer, Umar he canceled the agreement and he expelled the Jews from Khaybar. He expelled them from Khaybar. This happened during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab because they broke the agreement and they didn't follow the instructions of the Khalifa and they refused to turn over the person who committed this crime. So Umar he expelled them. And this is basically how the Jewish existence in Khaybar ended. Alright, so after the battle of Khaybar was over, we mentioned Uyayna ibn Hisn. If you remember Uyayna ibn Hisn, he was the leader of the tribe of Ghatafan. He was also known as Al-Ahmaq Al-Muta'ah, the fool who is obeyed by his people. So he was very upset with how things turned out at Khaybar because he didn't get anything from anyone. He didn't get any spoils of war from the Muslims, nor did he get anything from the Jews. He was left with nothing. So he was very upset at this outcome. So he actually tried to follow the Prophet ﷺ after the battle of Khaybar was over. He threateningly tried to follow the Prophet ﷺ with his soldiers. The Prophet ﷺ 
commanded his soldiers to turn around and to face Uyayna ibn Hassan and his army and be ready to fight them. So when Uyayna ibn Hassan saw that the Muslims are ready to fight him and his army, he got scared. He said, these are the Muslims who just defeated 10,000 Jews in Khaybar. They're less than 2,000 Muslims and they defeated 10,000 in Khaybar. So he got scared when he saw the Muslims facing him, ready to fight him. He turned back and he led his people away. So that was the end of the threat from Ghatafan and their leader Uyayna ibn Hisun. All right. So now the Quraysh of Mecca, they are anxiously awaiting for news. They knew that the Muslims had gone to Khaybar to fight the Jews. But they didn't know yet what the outcome of this battle was. You know, those days, it took a while for news to come from one place to another place. Khaybar is pretty far from Mecca. So it would take at least a few days for the news of the result of the battle to come back to the Quraysh in Mecca. So they knew that the Muslims had gone to confront the Jews and they were anxiously awaiting news regarding the result. What was the outcome? Who won? Did the Muslims win or did the Jews win? And of course, the Quraysh being enemies of the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and being enemies of Islam, they were hoping for a Jewish victory. Of course, they could not send anyone to help the Jews in the battle because of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. The treaty that they had agreed to with the Prophet وسلم, that there would be no fighting between the Muslims and the Quraysh for a period of 10 years. So they couldn't send anyone to help the Jews, but they were hoping that the Jews on their own would be victorious and that they would defeat the Muslims. So they're anxiously awaiting news regarding the outcome of the battle of Khaybar. Now there was a man from Mecca. His name was Al-Hajjaj ibn Allat. And he happened to be outside of Mecca when the battle of Khaybar took place. And he happened to be near Khaybar. So he got the news very quickly of the Muslim victory at Khaybar. Al-Hajjaj ibn Allat. And when he saw how the Muslims won this battle and he saw how Islam now was becoming very prominent in the Arabian Peninsula with these huge victories, Al-Hajjaj ibn Allat radiallahu anhu, he decided this is, this is the time to become Muslim. I should accept Islam. So he went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he accepted Islam. He became a Muslim. Al-Hajjaj ibn Allat radiallahu anhu. So Al-Hajjaj, after becoming a Muslim, he told the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I have a lot of wealth in Mecca. I have a huge amount of wealth, of money in Mecca. But it is in the hands of other people right now. There are some amanat that I have kept with people. And also there is some money that I have invested that is in the hands of different businessmen in Mecca. So I have a lot of my wealth over there in Mecca, but it is currently in the hands of other people. So I would like your permission, Ya Rasulullah, I want to go back to Mecca, and I want to get my money, and I want to come back to you, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet ﷺ said, okay, go to Mecca, get your wealth, and come back, no problem. But then Al-Hajjaj said, Ya Rasulullah, but if I go there, and they know that I have become a Muslim, they're not going to give me my money back. I know that. So Ya Rasulullah, in order to get my right, in order to get my money back, I will have to spin a story. I will have to lie to them in order to get my money back. So the Prophet ﷺ gave him permission to do that. He said, okay, you can do it. So Al-Hajjaj ibn Allat radiallahu anh, 
He went to Mecca quickly before the news of the outcome of the Battle of Khaybar could reach the Quraysh in Mecca. Al-Hajjaj ibn Alat, he quickly went to Mecca. When he arrived in Mecca, the Quraysh asked him, Ma wara'ak? What is the news? And Al-Hajjaj ibn Alat, he said, Ya Quraysh, Muhammad has been defeated by the Jews. He has been defeated with a defeat that you have never seen the likes of it before. Most of his companions have been killed and some of them have been taken as captives and Muhammad himself has been taken as a captive. He is a prisoner with the Jews and they are going to bring him to you. They didn't kill him because they want to bring him to you, Ya Quraysh, because they want to give you the opportunity to kill him. So the Quraysh, they're very happy to hear this. They said, oh, Muhammad has finally been defeated. Our problems are finished. They were overjoyed. They were happy. And Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib at that time he was not a Muslim yet. He had not accepted Islam, but he was still the uncle of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when he, when he heard this, he fell down that his nephew has been defeated and been taken as a prisoner. This hurt him very bad. Even though he wasn't a Muslim, he had that love for his nephew, the Prophet wasallam. So he fell down hearing this news and he became sick. He immediately became so sick that he had to be carried to his home and put in his bed after hearing this news. And it reminds you of when Abbas when he was taken as a captive in the battle of Badr. If you remember that, he was taken as a captive in the battle of Badr years earlier. And the Prophet ﷺ couldn't sleep that night knowing that his uncle was one of the captives. And out of honor to the Prophet ﷺ, the Sahaba, they released his uncle. They released Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib So the Prophet ﷺ, he had that love for his uncle as well. And his uncle had that love towards him as well. So when he heard this news, he became sick and he had to be carried to his home and put in his bed. But the rest of the Quraysh, they were very happy with this news. So Al-Hajjaj said to the Quraysh, he said, Ya Quraysh, all of the money that I have with you, I need it back quickly. I need it back very quickly because I want to go to Khaybar and I want to buy these slaves, the companions of Muhammad, he said to them. He said, the companions of Muhammad have become captives. They are slaves of the Jews, so I want to buy them. And I want to sell them as a business. So I need all of my money so I can go to Khaybar and buy them. So the Quraysh said, yes, this is a great idea. And they gathered all of his money for him within three days. And Al-Hajjaj said, Wallahi, I didn't think that they could gather all that money for me even in one month. But they gathered it all for me in a period of only three days. Now during these three days, while Al-Hajjaj was waiting in Mecca for his money to be gathered, he went to visit Al-Abbas. Al-Abbas was sick in his home. So Al-Hajjaj, he entered the home of Al-Abbas. And he said to Al-Abbas, get everyone in your house out of here. I need to talk to you in private. أخرج من عندك. Get everyone out. I want to have a conversation only between you and me. So Al-Abbas, he did this. He got everyone out of his house. Then Al-Hajjaj said to Al-Abbas, he said, Ya Abbas, Wallahi Muhammad bikhair. He said, Muhammad is okay, don't worry, he's fine. And he defeated the Jews with a decisive victory and he conquered their fortresses. 
and he married the daughter of their king. He married Sophia bint Huyay, radiallahu anha. She was the daughter of Huyay ibn Akhtab, who was the king of the Jews. So Al-Hajjaj told Abbas, Muhammad is fine. He defeated the Jews. He conquered their fortresses and he married the daughter of their king. So Al-Abbas was shocked to hear this. And Al-Hajjaj explained it to him. He said, I just had to say that to them so they would give me my money back. Don't worry, your nephew is fine. So Al-Abbas, after hearing this, suddenly his sickness was gone. and He sat up very happy, very excited. But Al-Hajjaj told him, Ya Abbas, please, please, just stay in your home. Let them think that you're sick for three days until I get all of my money. When I get all of my money and I leave, then you come out and you tell them whatever you want to tell them. But please, as long as I'm here, don't say anything. Stay in your home. When I have collected my money and I leave, do whatever you want. So Al-Abbas, he agreed to this. He said, no problem. So after three days, Al-Hajjaj collected all of his money and he left. And once Al-Hajjaj left, Al-Abbas, he got up. He put on his finest thawb. He put on the best itr. And he went out to the Kaaba and he made tawaf. And the Quraysh, they saw him and they were shocked. They were like, look at him. And they were actually impressed with him. They were impressed. Look at how strong this man is. Look at how patient he is in the face of calamity. Such a tragedy has happened with his nephew and still he is so strong he's able to come out like this and face the people and do tawaf and wear good clothes. Subhanallah, they were so impressed with him. And Al-Abbas told them, no, no, it's nothing like that. That's not what this is about. Rather Al-Hajjaj, he lied to all of you and he laughed in your faces. My nephew, he defeated the Jews and the Jews lost and they were humiliated. Now the Quraysh, they were shocked. They were like, what? And Abbas said, yes, this is what happened. Al-Hajjaj just wanted to get his money back from you guys. That's all. Now that he got his money and he left, I can tell you the reality of the situation. So the Quraysh were shocked and they were surprised. And honestly, they didn't know who to believe. Should we believe what Al-Hajjaj told us or should we believe what Abbas is telling us right now? They didn't know what was true and what was false. But a few days later, the real news came from Khaybar. Finally, the actual official news came. And they realized that the Prophet Muhammad was victorious and the Jews suffered a humiliating loss. And this really shook the Quraysh to their core. It was a heavy realization for the Quraysh that Muhammad and his companions, they were able to take a city like Khaybar, a heavily fortified and secure city like Khaybar. They were able to take it, then it would be much easier for them to take Mecca. This was a heavy realization for the Quraysh. And they realized that now the situation of Muhammad and the Muslims, it was something that was a force to be reckoned with. And they got scared. This really shook them to the core. Inshallah, we'll stop there for today and next week we'll continue with the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.